Hi, you're listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am your host, Neil Rubenstein. Today, I will be sitting in traffic, talking to Matt Pryor of the band The Get Up Kids. Hi. Hi. How are you, Matt? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, pretty good. So, you're in your car, huh? Yes, I am driving to Manhattan. Fun. Where where are you? (laughs) I'm at home. You're at home. (laughs) Do you have a bunch of dogs around you? A bunch of what? Dogs around you? Uh, Well, one dog's asleep on the couch. I don't know where the puppy went. That's troubling. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta find my dog. <laughs> Are you? Hang on. Hang on. Okay, there she is. I found her. <laughs> she's she's sequestered. Uh, you just have uh, you just have the one daughter, right? I just have what? You just have one daughter, correct? One daughter, two sons. And the the sons are younger, though, right? Yes. They're nine, okay. 11, and then Lily just turned 14. And uh, she, I guess, I mean, it's clear she's taken an active interest in music. Yeah. Have the yeah. boys or no? Yeah. Um, they both play piano, and Elliot plays guitar. They're going through a pretty hardcore video game phase right now, so sometimes it's hard to get them to practice. But they they all take lessons and they all they all perform. Well, Jersey hasn't really performed, but they go downtown and go busking, try and make some money. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That way, I don't have I feel to like- pay them an allowance. I feel like they would do. They would do well. Like, who would a typical eleven-year-old kid playing guitar? <laughs> yeah, they do all right. They just end up spending it all on like ice cream. Do you yeah. have like? Do you have like a like a philosophy about uh, about Lily's performing? Like, do you, do you want to be involved? Do you want her to do her own thing? Like, is there a um, I mean, right now, since she's so young, I I want me and my wife to be involved, and I'm I'm probably a little bit more precious about it than I need to be, because like I don't a I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to further my own career by exploiting her, and b I also have been doing this long enough that I, you know, it's. It, She'll get, like, compliments or, like, people, like, give her cards if it's, like, a local record producer or something. And I'm like, you don't need that. You have all these resources already at your disposal, you know. Um, But she started a YouTube channel. She's been doing that, and that seems to be, you know, that's starting to go. I don't want to push them if it's not something that they want to do. I certainly don't want to be a momager, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. But I mean, she she's got natural talent. They they all do actually. 
they, she's got raw talent, and it's just kind of like, all right, now let's put in your 10,000 hours, and then we'll go from there. So I don't know. I've I've been threatening to try and get get uh, the wife to quit her job and just go on tour, like get an RV and just take the whole family on tour and have Lily be my opening act. But uh, it might take some planning <laughs> on our part. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that'd be sick though. Um, until she gets like way bigger than you, like way, way, way bigger. Yeah, and then stars I'll get huge. <laughs> and then I'll I'll just I'll just be the Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> exactly <laughs> of, of emo. <laughs> uh, that'd, that'd be great. Uh, you've been married forever. How long? Uh, fifteen years. And, and you were November. living in you were living in Boston at the time, right? Is that were you well, living there? We, I mean, as much as I was living anywhere, I mean, we were touring 250 days out of the year, so it, it wasn't really. And what she, let's see, how does this work? We started dating in high school, and then she moved to Boston to go to college, and that's when I, when Get It started touring. And one of the main reasons why I kept routing tours through Boston, and you know, and then at one point in what was that, 99, we got an apartment together in Alston, and then she graduated, and I conned her into moving back to Kansas City. You never went to you never went to college? I went to college for real for two semesters, and then I pretended I was in college and kept all the tuition money <laughs> for a semester. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of, kind of, kind of dickish. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, I back that. Did you? <laughs> you uh, totally. Did you ever feel like? Did you ever think that this would be? That the Ghetto Kids would be your career? No. I mean, we started touring when I was twenty. I mean, what do you think? Do you think even think about careers? I don't know. Maybe if I guess if you're in college, maybe you do. You know, but I was like. I was working at a library, you know, and it's just like, well, I know I don't like doing this. And actually, I didn't mind working at the library, but, you know, I didn't like school. And so, you know, we did our first tour and we made money on our first tour. And we're just like, we, everyone that intended to go, like Jim was in art school and Rob was in college. And it was like, okay, we're going to take this summer off to go on tour because it was, we literally left right after Ryan graduated from high school. That was when our tour started. Um, and it went really well. So, you know, at the time we were like, well, let's do, let's milk this for a while if it seems to be working because we can always go back to school. And then, uh, you know, just kept going from there. And then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, this is my job. That's crazy that you guys were able to make money on that first tour. Tell me about it. I don't I don't hear that a lot from our uh our community. Well, I think you have to have pretty low expectations. You know, it was like we slept on people's floors. We each got $5 a day per diems. 
and you know it was this the scene that was happening at the time you know embraced us and I mean shit we stayed at Dubin's dorm for like five days you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you met him there right like you didn't know him going into that did you no no we met at a in a Maryland so and he, he was just I, like yo I, stay with us yeah I mean that's what I mean that that, 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 that wasn't that, that yeah and that's not that surprising yeah. you know like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we we had been booking shows out of book your own fucking life, and you know we did house shows in Kansas City and stuff, and you know just everyone the East Coast kids just had money, <laughs> you know it was more just like uh, you know, and then send Robin Ryan out into the crowd to find a a cute girl who's got wealthy parents, and we can crash at her house. So slept on some golf courses a couple times, like. Like trust fund kids that lived on golf courses with like big mansions, kind of yeah. kind of wild. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, we we didn't expect to make money. You know, maybe that's why it worked. We just we were kind of like, let's just do this for fun. It's like our summer vacation. How long before you got? How long before you guys were like? Did you just talk to somebody? Yeah, dude. It's just gonna just try to kill me. <laughs> I try to ignore, like I try to ignore what's happening on the road as much as possible during these podcasts, but occasionally, like, uh, person why, like this. Will, why is this the premise that you only talk to people when you're driving to work? <laughs> it's the weird thing. Well, okay, it's uh, it, it just it started out of uh, like a way to like calm me down from like having ridiculous road rage and traffic but there's gotcha. so much but I was just wasting so I'm, like I waste so much time a day in my car I'm in my car four hours a day probably that's that's one of the reasons I hate van tours you know just like, <laughs> like I can't get anything done I gotta drive for four to six hours yeah so uh, just, you've been uh, there yeah uh, so I just I came up with this some idea, and uh, I, I just I'm just gonna roll, I'm just gonna run with it. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. I like it. I like it. Uh, thanks. Uh, we, um, uh, now I'm distracted. Well, we uh, we're talking about touring. Oh yeah, but even uh, even bands would go in like our world would go into the idea of touring. Like, oh, we're gonna lose money. Like, we're gonna have to eat ramen and and you know whoever makes us pasta. And still no, still no one made money. You know what I mean? It wasn't like there was money to make. Like we're, I mean, I guess you guys were like pretty big in the scene right away. We huh. we were we were pretty embraced right away. I think especially because we were on essentially a hardcore label, and we had you know put out our own seven inches and stuff, and we had done that split with Coalesce by that point too. And right. so like hard, hardcore kids were kind of like, I think seeing, like we've always considered ourselves like a pop band, you know? And so, I don't know. I think we were kind of an anomaly, but it was, yeah. And I don't know. It was cool. But then it got into that thing of, uh, that was the, uh, it was the immortal Rick to life who said, I like coming to these emo shows. There's lots of chicks here. 
Yeah, probably helped. But, like, I feel like, uh, I guess you guys kind of were one of the first, like, crossover bands. Because like, we were doing a lot of basement shows. There was a lot of, like, hardcore in basements and hardcore in people's houses. Mm-hmm. And so, like, hardcore was getting uh, emotional, to just to stay with that term. And mm-hmm. bands like Endpoint and stuff like that, where, like, you could actually hear, you could hear the lyrics, you could hear the vocals. And then I guess, like, you guys and maybe Promise Ring were really the first ones to kind of, like, just embrace pop but with our ethics, I guess. Well, see, to me, the the whole, like, New York and just East Coast hardcore experience is is not part of my upbringing at all, like, musically. Like, with the exception of D.C., because everything that we've done is kind of based on Ian McKay being like, oh, no, you can just do this yourself. You know, put your own record out. and right. Stuff like that, book your own tours. And so uh, we had this kind of like punk rock ethic, but then when we got to like New York and New Jersey, it was just like there were all these rules. <laughs> you know, it was like we were, we were this, we were like this weird thing. And we're just like, no, we're just like a, like a pop rock band who's willing to do the legwork, you know? It just, I don't know, it was, it, but like that that whole scene, like I didn't know. Like there's no trust me, there's no one in Kansas City is straight edge. You know what I mean? There's like two guys. <laughs> so it's like a weird it's a weird kind of culture shock a little bit. I was uh I just did an interview with Michelle Gonzalez from the band Spitboy. Do you remember them at all or no? I remember the name, I don't remember the band, but I remember the name. Which- yeah, she was talking about, like, we got on that topic, like, just all the rules. Like, for something that was so, like, fuck you, we'll do what we want, but we got we to do, like, these things. <laughs> you got to do it like this. <laughs> well, it's an, it's an interesting evolution to watch. Like, you, if you're like, okay, so punk rock starting in New York City, and it's like, okay, it's all, so, it's all sorts of random shit. It's, you know, the Ramones as well as... Blondie, you know, like yeah, yeah, and then, Devo, yeah, yeah, all that shit, and then it like when when uh, the kind of like you know '90s or '80s like hardcore thing started to happen, it was really more just like kids who didn't want to do what their parents wanted to do and were too young to drink, so they, you know, and then it, it, it I think the, for me, the, the all the rules came out of straight edge stuff because like and not that there's anything wrong with that but it it did get taken to kind of not kind of it got taken to a weird extreme you know what I mean where it was like but by the time we showed up people just assumed we were straight edge and I was like what in the hell put that idea in your mind you know like because you guys look like the straight edge kids in the suburbs looked we look, like I don't ner- know. we look like nerds. Like you know, the strangest kids out here are wearing sweater vests. My, like my hardcore band, we, they all wore sweater vests. That's weird. Yeah, I always remember straight edge kids only wearing basketball jerseys. That's uh, there's like a, a a faction of them that did that too. But every yeah, once in a while, of- every once in a while, some guy will come out to like a a solo show of mine, and he's got the 
you know, 1994 Earth Crisis, <laughs> you know, basketball jersey on and headband. I'm like, you're really taking it back, bro. Yeah, but, like, out here there was, like, a lot of sweater vests and Krishna beads and, like, khaki shorts. Huh. And then well, you guys were all in, like, kind of looking like that. We were just trying to look like Weezer. <laughs> you know? Well, like, it was... They, maybe they were, too, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> well, I was trying to look like a like a rockabilly guy, but the rest of my band was trying to look like Weezer. And then, uh, so did you, uh, how do I, uh, when you guys started playing again more seriously, well, I guess you guys didn't really take that big of a break. How long were you guys not really playing? Like a couple of years, four years? Uh, when the band broke up? Yeah. We bro- well, I quit the band in 2004. We played our last show in 2005. And then we got together again the end of 2008. Started playing shows again in 2009. Yeah, so that's... So, for you know, three and a half, four years, something like that. So... A short a short enough length of time that we really should have just been smart enough to take a break. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did it, did it affect you guys at all? Like, did it affect... Was there, like... Do you guys have to build back up at all or no? What do you mean? Like, popularity-wise? Yeah, were kids already coming right back after the shows, or was there, like, a period of, like, oh, hey, guys, we're here still? Uh, a little bit of both, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, there's a certain contingent that's super excited whenever we come to town. And, you know, it was kind of like, okay, we're going to go play shows in like New York and LA and those like sold out super fast. We're like, okay, we can go do that everywhere in the country. And that wasn't the case, you know, where it was like, uh, you know, we go to Orlando and it's, you know, way fewer people. And that's, that was just kind of a learning curve, but excuse me, it's actually been kind of more on the uptick now. And I think it's because of all the young bands, you know, like you're, Modern baseball into it over it, uh, pup that are all that you know that that have like a young crowd that are saying that we are a big influence on them, and so now we're like a, we're we're officially a legacy act now. Neil. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. So now, so now not not only do I have to be called emo for the rest of my life, but now I'm old emo as well. Yeah, yeah, dude. Every every band that I'm friends with that I interview for this podcast, it's that term, legacy band, is every one of them. It's it's interesting because it, it kind of, it, it sounds like you're more important than you actually are. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it really just means you've been at it a long time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I still marvel at it because I remember hearing people say things like when they were signing their first record contract, like, oh, it's eight albums? Yeah, sure, we'll be around at eight albums. And then, like, now they've been around for eight albums. Like, we've all, everyone's. <laughs> yeah. Well, and isn't that, that's, honestly, that stuff, like, the fact that that was even a thing, you know, that, like, 
oh, you're 18 years old and you're going to sign away the next 16 years of your life to a company that, <sighs> you know what I mean? It's just, you know, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a, I mean, it's a first world indentured servitude, but it's sort of like, it's just weird. I, we've been really lucky that we never did that, you know. We got well, we kind of we signed a bad deal with Doghouse for our first record, but we got out of it. And those <sighs> guys are super cool. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know your experiences, but they seem like. If you're going to sign a band deal, that's the place to sign it because you're not going to be fucked for the rest of your career. Like, they'll they'll figure out a way. They'll help you figure out a way as opposed to, like, some other labels where they, they're not going to help you get out of anything. Well, yeah, I mean, we've heard the horror stories of, you know, bands on majors from back in the day where it's like, we're not going to put your record out, but we're not going to let you out of the contract either. Yeah. It's like, it's like well, that's... what. It doesn't even make sense from a business perspective. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I like being I like being independent now. No. And I'm sure you guys had offers that in the middle there, like uh, after four oh, and mile. I'm sure we were actively pursuing it. I mean, we had never intended to. We never even intended to stay on Vagrant. We were we only got onto Vagrant because. Well, we had intended to be on Doghouse and then go to a major after the first record. And then when the majors weren't ponying up enough because they were they were treating us like we were a baby band. And they're like, uh, we're like, no, we, we're experienced. Like, we're worth tickets. Our fans buy music and buy merch. Like, uh, so that didn't pan out. And then it was like, we got to get off Doghouse. So we ended up going to Vagrant. But then even when with Vagrant, it was like, we're just going to do this one record, and then we're going to shop it to Majors. And Rich was our manager, so he was like, okay, fine. But then Vagrant kind of blew up, and we're like, well, hey, we're kind of like the kingfish around here. At least we were for a little bit. <laughs> so we got surpassed yeah. by everybody. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you, like, super excited for a uh... – Class of '98 reunion in uh, San Bernardino. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, I'm excited to see the anniversary perform. Yeah. I, but yeah. I mean, you know, I see those guys. I mean, Burwanger just toured with us, so it's not like I don't. It, it's it's not like a oh I haven't seen you in ten years kind of thing. It's except for Justin, but and then you know. Andy Jackson and I toured in February, and so, like, seeing Hot Rod, seeing Jay will be nice. Jay Russell's the bomb. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't actually know that's what the lineup was when we agreed to the show. Uh, uh-huh. Like, I didn't even know the anniversary we were playing shows again until uh, that show was announced. <laughs> but, yeah, it should be fun. I'm I'm psyched to see the anniversary. I can't wait for them to come through. Where are they playing in the city? I believe it's Bowery Ballroom. It's for Bowery. I'm not sure what uh, what room it's in, but it's Bowery Presents. Uh, cool. Both 
both me and Christian tried to get it, but uh, Bowery outbid us. So are you and Christian competitors now? I mean, so loosely. Like, <laughs> yeah, just uh, all the bands on that on that uh, festival, it's like we all toured in the same circles for like two years, like in the middle mm-hmm. there. Like, if it was rival schools instead of quicksand, and maybe if seafood was playing. <laughs> yeah, but at least it's Walter. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's an incarnation of that same thing. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool. I mean, Quicksand was a, one of the few, like, post, kind of post-hardcore New York bands that actually resonated out here with us. I don't know what it was about. Maybe it was because they were on a major, and we actually saw him on MTV and stuff, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think the I think the publicity of certain bands helped them uh, stick, you know? Mm-hmm. So are you also doing New Amsterdam's, or are you also doing Terrible Twos or anything like that? No, I, I kind of, I, I, I tabled the New Amsterdam's name, just because I thought it was too... Conf- what I originally thought was a good idea to compartmentalize everything and be like, this is this kind of band and this is a kid's band. Turned out to just kind of be confusing to everybody. So I, I wanted to just kind of put everything under my own name so that it's just like, you know, you have to get over that hurdle of being comfortable performing just as your own name that I think right, right, people right. from... People from our scene are, are uh, shy of because it sounds arrogant. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you kind of get over that, it kind of frees things up a little bit. So you oh. so all that stuff is just, you're just touring as Matt Pryor when you're not touring as a Yeah. And are you touring as much? Like, are you still touring a lot, or are you staying home a lot more? I, as it's shaping up for this year, I did 10 of those Where's the Band shows in February. We have that one Get Up Kids show at that festival, and then that's it for the year. Oh, really? And then I'm trying... Yeah, I mean, unless some other ghetto kid stuff, things kind of come out of the woodwork from time to time. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm trying to actually trying to figure that out right now because, like I said, that whole like, if I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go place a solo tour, I might as well just take the whole family with me because they're all old enough, and they can do. They have this thing here called the Lawrence Virtual School that Lily's been doing, which is like, it's like homeschooling, but you don't like make the curriculum. It's more like taking online classes in college, but it's for middle school. Awesome. It's been going, it's been going really well. I'm like, well, fuck, we can do that anywhere. Like, why don't we just take a year off and buy an RV and and go do that? And but then at the same time, go see like. The Grand Canyon and Yellowstone and shit, you know, stuff that you don't usually do unless you happen to have a day off on, and it's on the way. 
you know? That's a, like, that sounds like such a sick thing to route. Yeah, well, know? I started I started routing it, and I started talking to Ellis about it, and, you know, he's like, okay, whatever you want to do. And I'm like, okay, but, like, should we just do, like, because I've always, I've always thought it would be really cool. Since I'm just a guy in a guitar, like, I'm like, why don't I, like, tour like a comedian and be like, okay, we do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that's yeah. it. You know? Because yeah. I think mon- Monday night, anywhere, you know, even in, like, Manhattan, it's just like, yeah, it's just still not as good. Like, you know, people don't want to, and my crowd's older, they have kids, a lot of them, and it's not like the kids that want to come out till midnight on a Monday. Either that or open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, you grew up in Lawrence, right? Like, you're a lifer, correct? I grew up in Kansas City, which is, you know, 45 minutes away from Lawrence. I oh. moved to Lawrence, I moved to Lawrence in 2000 when we got married. Oh, what about, was the rest of the man from Lawrence or no? No, uh, Jim and Rob and Ryan were from a suburb on the Kansas side, and James is from a suburb on the Missouri side of Kansas City. And I grew up kind of in the kind of middle of KC. I, I think because everyone knows this is where I live, and I'm a big supporter of it, that everyone just assumes that I'm actually from here, but I'm not. And there's a whole Kansas-Missouri rivalry thing. That uh, I have to be like, well, actually, uh, I'm from Missouri, so I'm not going to make fun of Missouri drivers or or whatever. <laughs> I just, I remember being in Florence, and like it just felt like, like in my brain, it was like, oh yeah, this is where everyone's from. Like this is. Well, this that is was definitely... the that. Yeah, by the time you would have been here, that's when, like, we were established and the anniversary first started touring and Appleseed Cast was from here and uh, Reflector and uh, there were a couple bands that we were friends with that it, it was it was a scene here. And the, so, and the town was so awesome, like, uh, it was like, you know, five blocks by two blocks of Austin, just in the middle yeah. of, like, a college town. It's just big enough, you know what I mean? And it's got a lot – it's interesting. We were talking about this the other day because per capita – because there's not even 100,000 people here. But, like, per capita, it's got, like, more musicians and, like, venues and good restaurants. Like, it's it's really supportive of art and culture. In a in a weird way, almost just it's almost like a backlash, like just because the rest of Kansas is so back ass word about everything that <laughs> you know Lawrence would be this like we're not only pro pro you know all the things that you hate we're gonna like really really pro you know I don't know that didn't make any sense maybe it did no it's a good, I, it's no, a good I get that, yeah I get that. It's a good hang, you know? Yeah. And then all my friends play at the Granada, which is down the street from my house, and I just go up and hang out for sound check, and I don't actually have to go to the show. 
Do you look at Cam's excuse for not sticking around, or you're you're honest? I just uh, well, a lot of times it's a school night, and I got to get up at six thirty in the morning. So I'm like, I love you, bro. I've seen you play like a thousand times. So let's get dinner, and then I'm gonna go home. But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm. I'm if you have known me to be anything but honest? <laughs> you know? I have not, Matt. I have not. <laughs> As if people are like, I, they're like, are you mad at me? I'm just like, if I was mad at you, you would know. I'm not mad. <laughs> I've never kept anything a secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of like, I kind of... Because of how you are, and I feel like I'm a lot like that. Uh, like, well, you're 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 honest and sarcastic, just like me. Except that you actually have a New York upbringing, which makes you like even more intense about it. <laughs> I'm at least from the friendly Midwest, you know. <laughs> where yeah, like, yeah. Like you're like you're as uh, uh, you're as like. What's the word? Like, you're as opinion, uh, openly opinionated as the Midwest can get. Like, like you're, you're the, you're the extreme for what's out there. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Whereas, like, I, I'm in the pocket. I'm in the pocket of New York. <laughs> I, it's, I, I think I, I might be on as far as the things that I think are important. But, I mean, you, there's some pretty intense people in this state yeah. that are, Really don't like gay people or Mexicans, you know, or... Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot that that exists, even. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it exists. Well, you're as openly opinionated uh, as someone I would speak to from the Midwest. <laughs> that better, does, that, does that work out better? Yeah, sure. I felt like I felt like this uh, this podcast was going to be just like me and you grilling each other the whole time. Like I didn't want to come in swinging, but I th- I thought that too. But I've done that with another I've done that with another friend of mine who had a like a local TV show, and we just sit around and drink beer and bust each other's balls. But then all of a sudden he was the host and I was the guest, and I started busting his balls, and it really hurt his feelings on his TV show. <laughs> <laughs> and he got real kind of uppity with me, and I was like, "Okay, I was trying to read the room a little better." From now on, no, it would have been it would have been fine. Like I, I I wasn't sure which way it was gonna go, and then like when you like just started fielding questions like comfortably, I was like, oh, "Okay, this is just like a normal phone call. Like it'll be fine." But like Cassie <laughs> was like, Cassie was like kind of like, "Are we are we gonna are we like how?" Intense are we going to get? <laughs> well, we don't have to get intense, but... Okay, I remember... You... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. No, no, you say you remember what? I remember, like, standing around, like, me, you, Anthony, and I don't know if it was, like, Ellen, it was someone out maybe race. It was okay. just like, I was like, oh, this is, like, the council of opinions right here. Like, we're just the worst people to talk to in public. Like, this, this circle right here. Don't approach this circle. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. Like, you clearly do it differently than I do, but <laughs> that's, that's what it is. 
I, 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 I don't feel there's anything wrong with being. You know what? It's actually this is kind of interesting because my my kids are really fucking opinionated now too, and so it's like, oh, so this is a pain in the ass for me, but you're gonna be a stronger person for it in the long run. But uh, I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with being opinionated. I try to be reasonable, you know, and I try to like listen if people disagree with me as long as they, you know, have a a cogent point to make. I, I, you I, know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I back that. I, I feel the same way. I get I along pretty. Way. I get along pretty pretty well with all those people. In, in the, yeah. I just even Ellen. I just think it's funny because like you, we do like I know that I feel like I am very open minded and I'm willing to listen and my mind doesn't changed by dozens of people, but I also know that I come across. Not like that at all. Like people don't realize that I'm gonna be okay with things. Well, you you're kind of in a you're a big guy with a lot of tattoos, you know. It's just, it's you kinda of come across a little intimidating. I I, I, guess, I don't know, man, I guess, but I, like I don't feel that way, you know what I mean? Like so it's yeah. it's like it's weird. Like <laughs> what a <laughs> So are you I, – I hear you're a comedian now. Are well, you trying to yeah. be a comedian? Yeah, I'm, I'm working towards it. So, like, what does, that enta- what does that entail? Like, what do you do? Uh, every night I get on stage in front of strangers and I make dumb jokes about uh, my vulnerability. Wow, you've really a- – you've answered that question before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I answer that question a lot. <laughs> I have I have I have canned answers for things too. Um, no, I just wonder. Like, I mean, obviously, I think it's. I, I, there was like a, a little comedy like collective that was happening here, but everybody seems to have kind of like like three of them moved to New York, and and it was just like, and I just don't know if there's like the, the how you get started in it is sort of perplexing to me. Like, it's, it's is it like the same as like starting booking? Bands like you just like cold call clubs and shit, or how does that work? I think it's the same as starting a band. In what way? You just you just start doing it. Like you just get on stage, like at an open mic or whatever, and you play your song. And if people react positively or you have a good time, you're like, oh, I'm gonna try this again. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it one more time. And then at some point you get stoked on it, and you know. Is what you do for a while, and then if you're, <laughs> are you like running the phone underwater? <laughs> What's happening? No, but I'm in a house full of children now, so it's oh, okay. got out. Uh, everyone's 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 mouthing things to me, like can uh, I snack? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's like being in a band, and then, like, if your band does well and you want to work hard at it and everyone's, you know, gelling, then it keeps going. It perseveres, and if you persevere long enough, you get good or famous or get a writing gig or, you know, whatever, sell a book. <clears throat> so what's the what's the worst bomb you've had? How long have you been uh, doing that? Uh, this... This trip has been about two years, and then I did it for about 
two and a half years, uh, maybe seven years ago, eight years ago. So, so I guess four years now. I'll, I'll call it four years, but there was a big gap in the middle. So, and yeah, the worst, ever, tell me the worst you've ever bombed. Well, I mean, I try not to remember them. Uh, <laughs> but there was like an awkward show recently where like some lady, some lady started, some lady tried to rationalize the comedian before me, like rationalize his jokes as if they were like a political philosophy. And so okay. as soon as I started talking, she was like, yeah, we should do blah, blah, blah. And like, started, like, shouting at me like she was at a Bernie Sanders rally. Huh. And it was really weird. Yeah, and it just, it, like, hijacked the whole set, and I ended up just talking to her for the whole time I was up there. And just, like, kind of making, yeah, like, just making fun of her to the crowd. Like, the crowd was on board. Like, the crowd was on my side, so I don't feel like it was a bomb. But it was, like, it was a fuck, it was a hijack, for sure. Like, I was... I was not happy about it, and afterwards, <laughs> like, just, I wanted to shoot myself and quit comedy altogether. I was like, that's the worst. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I've I've had to to knock down hecklers, but it's usually, like, if I'm going to play by myself, like, it's my show, it's usually not people who are, like, like, random, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, worst, yeah, yeah. the worst it gets is like drunken over exuberance, but they're happy. You know what I mean? Like, well, you still gotta you, shut the fuck up. Yeah, you. I feel like you handle it. You've always handled it well. Like it's kind of a thing. Like, like I remember going to like ghetto kid shows or 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 Matt Pryor solo things, and like, kind of the vibe was to shout stuff at you because like. You were shouting stuff back. You know yeah, what I, mean? I mean that's it's kind of interesting because I like with Get Up Kids shows I tend to not do that or to like really tamp it down because the like the guys don't like it. I mean Jim and James the Popes don't like it when I do that because uh, they think I'm berating people, which I am, but lovingly. Yeah. But yeah. you know, so it, it has to be something pretty extreme, like some guy. Like if we're playing, I'll catch you, and some guy's going "woo" in the front row the whole time. I'll, I'll tell him to shut up. But <laughs> with my solo shows, or I just try to like flip it on him and, and you know, kind of make it. Uh, really, you're you're that guy, you know. So, uh, but with solo shows, yeah, I I encourage a good heckle. I mean, it's such an <laughs> intimate, it's such an intimate thing, you know. Like it's just yeah. It's interesting, too, because now I'm kind of curious, because I was talking about maybe doing some, like, living room shows, which uh, I'm really comfortable in, but everyone else is so quiet. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's so, like, respe- it's almost, like, too respectful, sort of. <laughs> but I think I that the artist dictates that. I think, like, I think you can overcome, like, you can change that dynamic. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, if the person whose living room it is is, you know, not like an uptight prick, but yeah, you know, because your your personality does, you know, you're you're a big personality, so I feel like 
you know, some of those living room shows are a lot of like quieter guys. Yeah. Uh, quiet people. I don't in know. General. It sound, they sound like they'd be fun, but then I'm terrified because it's like, okay, I'm going to take my family on tour and not have any a promoter's involvement in it. It's like all just on me. You know what I mean? Like to get people to come. But so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I can see that. How that's uh, oh an issue. It's funny, though, because Ellis is like, you just got to be comfortable with the people being in the room. And I'm like, I'm totally comfortable. Like, that, to me, is like playing basement shows back in the day, you know? Like, yeah, I feel I feel probably more at home in that scenario, because that's what I came up in, than I do playing in an arena, you know? Yeah, I think, I think that's a cool environment. I was talking about that on a recent podcast, too. Like, I think that's a super cool vibe, and... Yeah, I'd I back that 100%. That's very cool. Okay, well, then I'll come play at your house. Yeah, you can play my apartment. I got to run with it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was like, I'll just do a tour of, like, you, Dubin, Christian. I'm trying to think of who else I know. Uh, Ellis wouldn't let me do it at his place, I'm sure. Well, me, Dubin, and Christian is three different markets. So that's pretty good tour right there. None <laughs> <laughs> of Kind of go into the same well, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But guess what? This is definitely going to be bigger than the ticket sales. Well, it's not like it hasn't happened before. Our farewell, oh, yeah. our farewell show, the, the what was supposed to be the last Get Up Kids show, we had something like 450 guests or something like that. It was oh, something Jesus crazy. Christ. Jesus. Yo, I'm all... I'm here. I made it. You helped. Yay! No Thank you. Yeah, well, just a little bit at the beginning, but we got through it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for doing this, Matt. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, of course. Of course. uh, Anytime. I I hope to see you soon. Yep. I'll let you know next time I'm around. All right, man. Cool. See you, Neil. Jerk, Neil.